most competitive guy. I, I mean, I would throw on Michael Jordan, Isaiah Thomas, oh, yeah. Kobe Bryant. It's basketball. It can't be, you know, you, you can't overthink it. Hello, everybody. It's Terry Foster here, King and Foster, NRMStreamcast.com. Welcome. If you're checking us out. Let me make a confession, and this pains me to admit this. When I was in my late 20s, I was covering the Detroit Pistons. I was the beat writer, you know, the bad boys and all that stuff. Uh, Drew Sharp and I used to fight over the Detroit Lions. And one time, um, we're in a hotel room, and we ordered lunch, and Pistons were supposed to play. And we got into a big argument about the Lions. And all I wanted him to say was that the Lions were a solid football team. He refused to say it. And I think they'd won four or five games in a row, and they may have made the playoffs that year. And um, he refused to say that. And so the, the argument was, would I ever see the Lions reach a Super Bowl in my lifetime? At the time, I was thinking, yes, the answer is yes. I will see them in the Super Bowl in my lifetime. And I was 27 to 28 years old. At age 32, I gave up the gave up the dream. Said that I am never going to see them in the Super Bowl in my lifetime. So that was when I was 32 years. Now I'm 61. So that's almost 30 years ago. And so far, hmm, how many Super Bowls have they made? None. Zero. So I may go my whole lifetime without seeing these guys in the Super Bowl. Um, I think that's a possibility. I'm I'm hoping to stick around another 20 more years, maybe 25. But I don't think it's going to happen. I, I think, let me rephrase that. The only way it could happen <clears throat> is if you get new ownership. And what's ownership got to do with players dropping passes? What's ownership got to do with bad coaching decisions? What does ownership have to do with making bad drafts? Well, you're the one that put these people in place. You're the ones that put these people in place and then keep them for too long when it's obviously obvious they can't do their job. Back in the day, Russ Thomas kept his job for 22 years, one of the worst GMs in sports history. And the only reason he lost his job is because he decided to retire. Matt Millen, after three or four years, we knew what was going on. We knew this was not the guy to lead the Lions. We knew this was one of the worst. This guy was worse than Russ Thomas. So after his contract expires after five years, what did the Ford family do? Well, they hold a press conference and they say, yeah, we know we haven't been winning, but the front office is better organized. We're going to extend Matt Millen for $5 million a year. Any other ownership would have got rid of his ass. Um, and even when they hired Matt Millen, they didn't say they were hiring him to win championships. The first thing out of their mouth was this. Matt's a great guy. A lot of people know Matt Millen. That's not Matt Millen is coming here because we know he's going to bring a championship here. No, Matt's a great guy, so we're going to bring him in here. 
Matt's going to learn on the job. You don't learn to be a president of an NFL organization on the job. I mean, uh, you may learn to be a janitor on the job. So you're safe and you can still keep the offices clean and and uh, empty the waste paper baskets, but you don't, what organization in anything, sports, autos, um, computers, says, you know, I'm gonna make you president and I want you to learn how to be a president while you're on the job. No, you've had um, a run as a vice president, you've had a run as a guy learning underneath another president with another organization, you come in and then you can take off, but you don't come into a president's job and just learn it. Um, when Matt Millen took over, I heard from some of his boys who were rooting for him and I talked to him on the phone. I said, T, what's going on? Uh, Matt's in over his head. He doesn't know what he's doing. This is going to be a disaster. And that's my boy. I'm rooting for him, but I know it's not going to work out. I knew he wasn't going to work out. You knew he wasn't going to work out. But guess who did not know that? The Ford family. That's why you need new ownership. Now, um, so then you go through the Matt Millionaire, and then you let Matt hire some of his boys. You keep Tom Lewan and then Martin Mayhew. And um, so then as a ownership, you have no idea what direction to go in. So you say, hmm, New England Patriots win. They won a lot. They won Super Bowls. But you never think. But every time they hire somebody, they fail. Now you just look at the New England Patriots. They, uh, they must have something going on there. So we can't hire Bill Belichick. So we're hire someone under Bill Belichick. And we'll let that guy hire a coach who, and I'm not sure if Bill Belichick wanted him to stick around. So what you do as an ownership is you hire from a place that's already kind of worn its course, was kind of dying down. Uh, they never have success outside of that organization. The Bill Belichick way only works when it's Bill Belichick and Tom Brady in New England. You take any part outside of New England and it fails and it falters and it wilts. Why didn't they know that? Why didn't they look at that? No, they they, they bring in Quinn and say, okay, he, he knows everything and he was under um, Bill Belichick, so he must know something. So we're going to bring him to the Lions. So what the Lions are doing did is they tried to bring in the identity of New England Patriots and it failed again. Here's what I like the Lions to do someday. It's a novel concept. Figure out what you want to be as an organization. What's the Lions way? I don't know if you want to bring in an ex-player or ex-coaches or ex-general managers. Oh, and by the way, you've had people here that um, knew what they were doing, but you let them go. Here's an organization that had Don Shula. Uh, they've had um, the whole Pittsburgh uh, uh, 
Pittsburgh Steelers front office was here in Detroit, wanted to stay. The Lions said, now nah, we got it covered. We got Chuck Schmidt and we got Russ Thomas and we got Matt Millen. We're all good. Now, before the Lions hired Matt Millen, people wanted to come here and help them out. Uh, Tony Dungy wanted the job as Lions coach. Lions coach, Lions said, no, we're good. We'll hire uh, Marty Morningwig whoever, or Bobby Ross, whoever they hired. So they said no to Tony Dungy. Bill Bar Parcells wanted to come here and uh, be in the front office. Nah, Bill, that's okay because, Bill, here's why we don't want you because you want to tear this whole thing up. You are a strong will guy, and you will make people here feel uncomfortable. So they said no to, to him. Denny Green wanted to come here. See ya. Not interested. Now, one of the things that all of these guys had in common, that they went to Super Bowls, either as coaches or front office people. They knew how to win. But, you know, Tony Dungy was too quiet. Parcells and Denny Green were too boisterous, and they didn't want to deal with their shit, pretty much. So they told him no. So now we're going to go with Matt Millen, Marty Morningweg, um, Rod Marinelli, a bunch of other losers, and uh, we're going to put them in charge of things. And I should also include Quinn and Patricia. We'll take all the losers, put them in a basket, and hopefully something will work out. And it hasn't. And it never will. And I'm 61. And I will never see the Lions go to a Super Bowl. Love to see it for you guys. Because I know how much that means to you out there. See this team go to a Super Bowl. And even if they lose by four touchdowns, you can always say, saw my team in the Super Bowl. Lost 35 to 14, but they were there. I know I'm not going to see that. Hopefully some of you guys are in your 20s or 30s will be able to see that. But you might be too old too. Sorry about that. But, um, you know, this town to me is soft on this organization. Because when I bring up the past and when I bring up I don't see a future, y'all all over my ass. You get pissed and so why do you say that about the Lions? This is my team, and I support them no matter what. And the reason I'm hired on them is because I know how badly you want to see them win. And what have they given you? Nothing. They've turned you into a pathetic fan base. Where the only thing I hear from fans is, you know, this team can win some games. Well, whoop de do. Every team in the NFL can win some games. I don't hear you talking about competing for a division title. I don't hear you talking about competing for an NFC title. I don't hear you talking about winning playoff games. I hear you say, well, you know, they can win some games. They're capable. You know, my team can lose to a pathetic team but beat a, a good team. That's what, you, that's what you're resorted to. That's nothing. Um, I remember um, I was in San Francisco. I took the family to San Francisco. 
and we took a uh, trip on the trolley cars. I had my daughter, Celine, little B was a little guy, Abs was there. And uh, as before the, the trolley car took off from uh, Fisherman's Wharf, a couple guys were talking about NFL football. One guy was from San Francisco and the other guy was from Pittsburgh. And they were talking about NFL football and they talked about the Super Bowls their teams had been in. They talked about the big plays their team were involved in, the big victories. And um, so I was kind of talking to them, chiming in now and then. And then one of the guys says, oh, by the way, where are you from? Because we're talking about football. So I said, I'm from Detroit. Do you know that the, the spit came out of these guys' mouths as they were just cracking up? They knew I had nothing to, to contribute to the conversation because who plays in Detroit? The Detroit Lions. And the only thing people know about the Detroit Lions is it's a loser organization and they know about Barry Sanders and maybe now Calvin Johnson, that, but that's it. That's all you have to ha hang your hat on. Losing football, Barry Sanders and Megatron out of the 60 years that have been together. Now, some of the old timers will tell you Billy Sims was a better running back than Barry Sanders, but he only lasted uh, four years in the league or less than four years in the league. And B Billy Sims, for those who have not seen him play, fantastic running back. Just blew his knee out too early, so we didn't get to see enough of him. And um, so, and, and if we saw more of him, maybe uh, Barry Sanders doesn't come here. Let me tell you one of the dirty little secrets about the Lions. Uh, the year that Barry Sanders um, came out, the Lions got a huge break. Uh, the Green Bay Packers selected ahead of them, and they, they picked Michigan State lineman Tony Mandarich, who's on the cover of Sports Illustrated, and they had some story about how he's uh, 335, 340 pounds, and they have Tony Mandarich with a shopping cart putting steaks in and lots of protein. That's supposedly what made him big. Actually, it was steroids. So when he came to the NFL, they test. You can't use steroids like you could in college. He shrunk, wasn't as fast, wasn't as strong, wasn't as mighty, wasn't as forceful. So he was a flop in the NFL. Guess what? If the Lions were picking second, they also would have picked Tony Mandridge ahead of Barry Sanders. So we would never get to experience the beauty of Barry Sanders if the Lions were picking one spot earlier. Um, also go back to, you know, they've made a, a bunch of blunders in the draft before. And the one that really pisses me off was uh, passing on Randy Moss. And a lot of people passed on him. They did. It wasn't just the Lions. But to our credit, we wrote about it in the papers before the draft. We bugged the Lions before the draft about, you know, are you, gonna, are you thinking about Randy Moss? And they said, well, yeah, we're thinking about him. But um, they didn't want to take him because of character issues. And uh, when you haven't won 
you take chances on people with bad character. And all Randy Moss was doing was smoking weed. Yeah, he got into a fight in high school. whoop de doo He got kicked out of Notre Dame. He got kicked out of Florida State. Ended up at Marshall. But this dude could ball. Now, to make a long story short, the Lions passed on Randy Moss, and they took Terry Fair. And here's what they told us. Terry Fair is like getting two players in one. He's a very good defensive back, and he's going to be a kick returner, a great kick returner. And I think he um, did well his rookie year. He may have made one Pro Bowl, and then Terry Fair just disappeared. He, um, they told us that um, he fell and broke his hand, and that was pretty much Terry Fair's career. But I was told was that Terry Fair was at a nightclub, got pissed at a woman, tried to punch her, missed, broke his hand while punching a wall. That's not character to me. So Terry Fair comes here as a flop. Randy Moss has a Hall of Fame career. Now, um, back then, the Lions were playing at the Pontiac Silverdome, and there was a kitchen that the media shared with the coaching staff. So I was in the kitchen, kind of, you know, seeing who would come in there, and Ron Hughes came in. And Ron Hughes was the player personnel director. So for the hundredth time, and after the draft, I asked, how come you guys didn't take Randy Moss? And by now, he was kind of sick of it. I know he was sick of me. He was sick of me bringing it up all the time. Um, so he told me, look, here's the skinny on Randy Moss. This is why we didn't pick him. Wasn't a character issue. Um, yes, Terry Fair is like a Swiss Army knife. He's two players in one. Randy Moss has alligator arms. In other words, he's afraid to go over the middle. If uh, somebody is zeroing in on him and the ball is there, he's just going to put his hands up like this, not like this to catch the ball because he's afraid. So I listened to this story, and I didn't say it to his face, but I'm thinking, this is all bullshit. This is you saying the Lions uh, would take the best player available, and it's not Randy Moss. So... At that point, I should have been fed up with the team, knowing that they were just full of it. But, you know, I tried to hang in there, give them the benefit of the doubt, because they did win a playoff game, and they made the playoffs. I think they even won a division title in the 90s. But they haven't won a division title since 1993. Every other team in the NFC North has done that. They've won one playoff game. Every other team in the NFC North have won multiple playoff games since then. And... You guys have to hold the bag, and I think it's a tragedy. I really feel sorry for you guys that you have to put up with this organization, but I don't feel sorry for you is that you still believe there's magic in this. Well, not all of you. Some of you have become Lions Free, I'll admit. Some of you, I do believe you when you say you're Lions Free, but majority of you are not. <clears throat> there's a lot of you who still believes this magic wand is going to encircle this organization and the Lions are going to go to a Super Bowl. You know, it's nothing I can say to you. It's just not going to happen. And um, 
I, for one, believe it's time to clean house again. Matt Patricia and uh, Quinn both need to go. And along with that, I think Matthew Stafford is, despite what he says, he's bored with his organization. He's tired of losing. Uh, you can see in his play, his play has regressed over the years. Um, he played pretty well under Jim Caldwell. After Caldwell left, Stafford, you know, has his moments, but he's he's down. And I think he knows deep down he can't win here. He knows deep down he's playing for a bad, or, bad organization. And we won't know the extent of what Stafford feels about this organization until after he retires. And maybe he'll talk to some reporter that he has a relationship in Dallas. Maybe he'll write a book. Uh, maybe he'll go to that athletics website and bear his soul. But he doesn't look like a guy who's happy here. I mean, we've already heard that the wife doesn't like it here. She doesn't like the way he's treated. She gets pissed off. She says stuff on social media and he gets mad when she does that. But I think we're seeing signs that this guy is bored with the city of Detroit. He's bored with the Detroit Lions. And I think part of him has moved on. And I don't blame him. He's been here for 12 years, hasn't won anything. He's made a lot of money. And uh, when you make a lot of money, athletes deny this, but it makes you soft a little bit. You're not as hungry. And especially when you're with an organization, and this is the Lions' fault, that pays you $25, $26, 27000000 million a year, pampers you, never, ever has anyone competing for your job. Yeah, you get a little fat and sassy. Like, okay, I got this covered. I'm getting paid. Oh, my job's not in jeopardy? Oh, I'm, I'm good. But after a point, you're like, you know what? Haven't won anything here. Haven't been close to winning here. Uh, I'm playing for bad coaches. I want out. That's what I'd be thinking. Um, after 12 years here, if I'm, if I'm Matthew Stafford, at this point in my career, and I'm looking at Tom Brady, who's going on to his 40s, and Drew Brees, who's still complaining to his 40s, and they're playing for things. They've played for championships. Aaron Rodgers played for championships. Uh, I can't beat Mitch Trubisky. I'm out of here. Hit me somewhere else. And I think he's reached that uh, plateau where he wants out. So, of course, he'll never say that because one of the frustrating things about being in the media and about now that I am out of the media and reading players' quotes, they never, I mean, not never, but they're very rarely truthful uh, when you interview them. And uh, I think the Detroit media is handicapped this year because they can't really get the truth because of COVID-19. They're not in the dressing room. They're not having one-on-one -on -one conversations. They're not pulling guys to the side and say, hey, what's happening? Everything is via Zoom and the computer. And those things are not interviews. They're uh, marketing events for the team. So the team doesn't want you, what I call saddling up next to a guy, talking to him like this. Like, really, they don't want you listening and what they have to say. 
this is great for them put on Google have these interviews and they know that it's very hard for Dave Burkett um, Matt Rogers all these other beat guys Wojo and and uh, Sean Windsor and they can't get the truth now they can get sound bites they can get the party line they can get oh we're still a good ball club and the tie the story that I'm tired of and I've read it two weeks in a row it's not Matt Patricia's fault it's our fault the players have to play harder we have to play better okay let me tell you this here's a little story I've been in this business for, well, I was in this business for 35 years. For all 35 of those years, those are the quotes I read when a coach was in trouble. Not us. I mean, it's not him. It's us. That's the company line, and that's what the Lions want you to believe. It is Matt Patricia. It is Quinn. They need to go. The Lions need to clean house, and I really believe that. In Detroit media, I'm glad you finally realized that. I like for you to be a little rougher on these guys because we need to be advocates. We need to clean house because that's what the fans deserve and that's the only way that the Lions can win. Anyway, I'm Terry Foster. I um, had a good time talking to you guys today. Sorry to bend your ears so much about the Lions, but I'm just sick of this shit. Same thing year after year after year after year. You know, I used to say, you know, they're just mediocre every year. They're not even mediocre anymore. It's just bad. House cleaning. This organization needs an enema. And I'd love to give it to them. Get Patricia and Quinn. Get them out of here. Time to clean house. Anyway, Terry Foster on NRMStreamcast.com. Hope you have a good time, a good weekend. And um, we'll see you. We'll see if the Lions do something during this uh, break in action for them during this bye week. I don't think so, but we'll see. See you, everybody.